Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Hello, Steve. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Marlo's here. Steve's here. Bunny's here. That's me. We're the Pingo Commie Sluts. How, how's everyone doing? Yeah. 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 I feel like nothing's really happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really happened. Okay. Nothing's really happened. Just a giant snowstorm hit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's happened. How insensitive, Marlo. This is our time to shine and be like, guess what? We're not like those fucking libs. We want to heat your fucking uninsulated homes. Yeah, you got, I guess. You goddamn Southerners. No, it is really terrible. I, I don't know, man. It's interesting to me because I feel like the last, what, Two years so far have just been like these massively humbling, preternatural things, right? The pandemic, these storms, like wildfires, etc. But yet people remain unhumbled. Sort of infamously this week, there was the one mayor of the Texas town. <laughs> yeah. I believe the town's Colorado City, Texas. Confusing. And he was like, fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you goddamn lazy bitches. <laughs> and which is like, I'm like, are we ready? Oh, my God, I'm exhausted by this. Are we ready as people on the, you know, somewhat, quote unquote, other side? Are we ready to just say, like, all bootstraps? I know the three of us are ready to say this, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't use shoes with laces. It's always been too much yeah. work for me. Fuck anybody who says anything about, you know what? I'm going to go further. Fuck anybody who says anything about laziness, period. I want to help the lazy people, even. That's how I feel. We need people brave enough to help the lazy, you know, because what is this All of Farg, right, to be lazy, 1883. (laughs) (laughs) But I know where the propaganda is coming from, but where do you think in the human current condition the vulnerability for this comes from? Constructed ideology. Yeah, um, I'm going with that. I think it makes people feel in control when faced with the choice of, oh, some shit's outside of my control, blah, blah, blah. Or actually, I'm going to be the one who perseveres and makes it through. Like, they're going to choose the second one. Yeah, no, I mean, just really. But you know what? A lot of those people who chose the second one, they're dead. Okay, they died. I just want to make that clear. You know, if we had people brave enough, leaders out here brave enough, uh, taking care of the lazy, maybe those people 
Instead, there Wouldn't are. Be dead. Instead, there are leaders brave enough to go to Cancun. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Teddy, Ted, Ted Cruz. Well, I think this week you say nothing happens, but there's been a spat of bad dad politicians. Yeah, we love uh, our bad dad. Yeah. Okay, so today. that was fairly Liz Meyer uh, when yeah Cruz blamed his fucking daughter. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> it was so that shit fucking was awesome. We're, um, we're in the Iannucci like mindset. Yeah, that was very. I mean, it's, his haircut, like it was all super Iannucci. The haircut, the slummy boomer dad, Andrea uh, Mitchell screaming at her assistant for telling her that that quote was actually Faulkner because that all only happened like a week ago. <laughs> actually, all. Also, hats off to Andrea Mitchell because I would not have had the confidence to just like go with that tweet without Googling it. There was just like six hours where it was just pictures of Ted Cruz wandering aimlessly through <laughs> yeah, no, Cancun just, Airport. They were just angrily then, following him with cameras through airports. There's and he's Ted like, Cruz he's like at the like pretending he doesn't know that that's happening is the best. Right. Because if he acknowledges it happens, then they have power over him and stuff, like, which is fair. You know, it also gets to the central lesson of this episode, which is uh, you have no agency, nothing is in your control. So, you know, just roll with it. You have no agency, nothing is in control, episode 50. Sometimes, <laughs> due to no fault of your own, reporters are following you lockstep throughout various airports in the United States and Mexico. And sometimes you freeze to death. These things happen. Yeah. If there's a figurehead for the absolutist of individualist republicanism, it's Ted Cruz. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the man Paul, that came. But, well, yes, but like who's currently. Or Rand Paul. But Rand Paul is. He lacks his father's anything, really. Yeah. But Ted Cruz is like the poster child for the libertarian. Uh, Ted Cruz term. is. I mean, he's just a fucking law school nerd. And the thing with Ted Cruz is he has so little charisma that I feel like he's just being unlikable on purpose because it doesn't make any difference. So I respect that. I would. I would say he has more charisma than Beto O'Rourke, which I don't. I saw Excuse them. I, me. I saw them. Beto O'Rourke is tall. Yeah, I saw Hung them. Out with they, the Mars they were on the same stage together, and every time. Beto O'Rourke opened his mouth. I just wanted to go to sleep. And every time Ted Cruz opened his mouth, I like held both sides of my seat and was like, oh no, the rapture is coming in any day now. Ted I should Cruz just vote for this person or else suffer eternally. Uh, I don't know. It's a bunch of fucking law school nerd tropes when they're doing like moot court and whatnot. Yeah, but he was taking on more of a like a preacher kind of thing yeah. than a law lecturer. He does have this lecturing thing about him when he goes on for 16 hours to oppose like school lunches or whatever. After 21 hours and 19 minutes standing on his feet, Ted Cruz finally sat down. Much of his talkathon was against Obamacare. Because it's a red herring being used to move the country to single-payer system. But Heidi the memorable moments were those them. that veered off topic. I wanted to take an opportunity, an opportunity that I don't usually have when I'm in D.C. 
to read them a couple of bedtime stories. I do so like green eggs and hams. This was all about firing up the grassroots. He encouraged supporters to tweet him. All right, so let me read some tweets. For 24 hours in like 2012, which pissed off everyone. I think it was black people being allowed to walk into white neighborhoods without their internal passport. But, yeah. Uh, but here's the real question. Say Beto O'Rourke was more charismatic in a way that beat Ted Cruz. Would he have handled this crisis better? I don't think he would have gone to Cancun, possibly, but I think equally a failure. No, I mean, I uh, think in reality failure, but I think he'd really just ape Cory Booker back from the mayor of Newark days when he'd like go out to the neighborhood with a snow shovel and post the That fake. would be the smart thing to that, do. That's yeah. what I feel the, like Beta would do. It's, it's the easiest goddamn thing in the world to do. And well, that's what he did. I think he volunteered at a shelter or at a food line See, or something like that. Cory Booker's genius, because this was back in 2012. When, there was a big fucking blizzard that hit like the New York, North Jersey area, like 2012, 2013. And maybe people look this up and he was already a senator then. And I'm talking out my ass with the year. But yeah, it was back when he was mayor. And yeah, like the whole politician on Facebook thing wasn't as much a thing. And he was knocking it out of the park. Everyone was doing memes of Cory Booker being Superman and shit. Like that shit actually worked for a while. Was this when he was pudgy, Cory, too? I don't know. Was this pretty skinny, Cory? Because I know Uh, that he lost a lot of weight after a while. I don't follow Cory Booker's BMI that much, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I just know, know I he, he turned vegan. Skinny. He just turned vegan and lost a lot of weight. It was a big. It was a big thing in his campaign. He should have a convert to Islam thing. I feel like he could own that. Yeah, he could own that. He's still dating Rosario. Oh, they're Rosa. still together. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know who's not together? Segway. <laughs> Kanye. And Kim, Kim. Kimye is no more. And I feel for Cory Booker and Rosaria Dawson's uh, relationship right now because dealing with a world where that cannot work, you begin to question whether your anthem can't work. I say, actually, given the expectations and et cetera, almost seven years is a successful marriage. (laughs) I just found out about the hologram queef. I don't know what that is. You just, okay, so. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I just know found out is. about so, this, and I lost it earlier. You're going to love it. I feel it. like you're I won't love, love this, it, Marlo. But, you know. Oh, my God, you're going to love it. Um, so for Kim's birthday, she absconded to an island in... I don't know. Her birthday's in September. Little St. James. Her family, et cetera, a bunch went there. And they're on the ultimate night, her birthday dinner. Kanye's gift to her was a hologram he had made of her dead father. Mm-hmm. And right. there's a the guy from Friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that part. Yeah. And there's a part of it where the hologram makes reference to a poofy. Uh, Peefy. Peefy. Yeah. 
And everyone's like, that's got to be a fart. What I love is no confirming or denying of any kind, no clarification of any kind from the Kardashians. But also there's a part where the hologram's like, you married the most smartest man ever, Kanye West. (laughs) Okay, sometimes I drop hints that I'm around. Like when you hear someone make a big pee-fee or when you make a big pee-fee, the hologram says dropping the final word with a wry smile. And according to Urban Dictionary, a pee-fee is a pussy fart. Uh. That doesn't check out to me. It's some like Armenian, but like... Yeah, it's probably some Armenian Armenian Yeah. That, like, is probably something bodily function-wise or whatever, but I doubt it's a pussy fart (laughs) (laughs) or a regular fart. I don't think it's either of those. I mean, for Uh, all I know, it's like a dish that they eat. I I, I don't know. Or it's some, like, untranslatable Armenian, (laughs) like, notion of fucking... You know what I yeah, mean? No, like, it's, it's like <laughs> gamut licks, but Armenian. Okay, but, but as Ariel, who showed me this story, pointed out, this meant that Kanye had to tell the hologram of the dead father to say Peefy. Yeah, so this is something that a intra-family story, whatever, that Kanye's been privy right. to. But it's also possible, I think, that he is not getting everything entirely correct. <laughs> Which makes it so, even better. I yes. mean, it's so awesome. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, like to f- I would imagine that he consulted the yeah. other family members. Of which uh, Kim Kardashian is known to have. But yeah, the divorce is said to be amicable. In effect, they're both free spirits. Well, you know, we're just a few years away from her run for presidency. I don't know. I think it'll be The Rock first. Cold day in hell before I vote for a goddamn Armenia. <laughs> Fair. Bunch of criminals. That is. I mean, they are. A lot of them. Hmm? Armenian power. (laughs) Large crime syndicate in LA. Yeah, or so I've been led to believe. Yeah, I don't know. According to that, like, one subplot of weeds. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much my reference point for it as well. Anyway. The thing that I wanted to talk about was... Our governor, Cuomo. Suck it, Libs. Uh, You were all dumb and misled, and you're stupid fucking people. That's right. Cuomo, he's out here lying about the nursing home stats. (laughs) He killed my grandfather. I want that guinea dead. (laughs) I've been calling it possibly inaccurately, or I don't know, Cuomolador. What? (laughs) Like the whole Molador? Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Come on. I have a reason for this. Yeah, no, no. It's funny. I'll give it, you. <laughs> it's the Cuomolador. It's a possible natural thing that happened that killed off a lot of people based on mismanagement decision, or. Decision, yeah. Decisions made by an administration from an ideological standpoint. Decisions. So what you're saying is Cuomo did all he could. Cuomo did all he could during (laughs) an unavoidable incident. Well, 
that's the that's the funny thing about it. Fucking Western imperialists are telling lies about him. That's exactly the dialogue going on right now. You know, the defenders are saying that he did all he could. I literally saw like fifty people defending him on Twitter. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. And this is all just smear campaign by the Republicans to try to get him impeached. And the other side of the coin is that he went into each and every nursing home and murdered old people. Murdered your (laughs) grandmother. Which is why I call it Quamolador. And it is one of those things where it is a policy. A bunch of people died in a genocidal way, one could argue, if you're inclined to. Or... You could equally defend it and say it was a natural disaster and he did everything he could. That's my very niche joke. (laughs) (laughs) Does it work, Marlo? Bunny? Yeah, no, it's a thing. I support it. You support it? it? I mean, it's controversial, what I'm saying. Controversial. It sure is. (laughs) So this all kicked off last week been following this very closely because I hate Andrew Cuomo. I hated it when everybody was saying Cuomo sexual. I hated it when he was weighing the lives of people against reopening the economy. And throughout this entire thread, people have been like, what about the nursing homes? What about the nursing homes? And he's like, don't worry (laughs) about it. Yo. Look over here. (laughs) I mean, the pizza pie. I'm on the show with my brother. (laughs) Chris Cuomo. He's married to Chris Cuomo. (laughs) I will give you the stats next week. (laughs) I will give you the stats next week. Don't even ask me about those nursing home stats. (laughs) He's just like a Batman. I'm killing grandmas over here. I'm killing grandmas over here. Don't ask me about it. Only the bad grandmas are going. Trust me on this. Wow. So some some old people die. You're going to blame that on me? I can tell you this is a smear campaign against people like you, journalists like you. You don't write down facts. Yeah, he's basically always kind of just been like this. (laughs) He's always been a bully. And that's the thing that came out. I think it was his press secretary or someone high in the administration came out did an interview and said that she, you know, suppressed the uh, numbers of deaths in nursing homes and that it was actually 50% less. The original number was something like 7,000 and it was actually 15,000. It's a significant amount of old people that died. The reason for the deaths is that a policy by the Cuomo administration said that people that lived in nursing homes but tested positive for COVID in the hospital but didn't need the ventilators got sent back to the nursing homes. Oh. To die. And, well, not only to die, but to spread the disease <laughs> to everyone else. And just thousands of people got infected in the nursing homes due to this policy. So it just spread like wildfire through the nursing homes. And me personally, as a person who delivers every day people's medicines to old people's homes and nursing homes and assisted living care facilities, there was a period for like three months where you would just see little memorials around 
pictures of smiling old people who had died. A different one every day. And like oftentimes three or four of them in every facility that I would go to. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and man. Now, you know, I was like, huh, that's funny. Why are all these dead people literally because of this? So there was a scourge, you know. A specter. His name is A Cuomo. specter was haunting nursing homes. The scourge of Italians. <laughs> That's right. Italians. Corrupting Protestant daughters. <laughs> um, but he's just always been a schmuck. Oh, and then the other thing is that an assemblyman came out. Right. Yeah, that was fun. And said that there's videos of him, like his father died in one of these nursing homes and he tried to bring light to it. And Cuomo called him up like last week after the story broke and screamed at him for 10 minutes that he was going to attack his family if he didn't come out and make a statement contradicting the press secretary. <laughs> and I'm just imagining, like, what's the matter, you? <laughs> I'm just imagining this guy <laughs> holding a phone like ten feet away from him, or like arm's length away, just hearing this <laughs> Italian bully just scream at him. It's fucking awesome. You are taking that back, <laughs> or I'm gonna make it a real difficult for your family. He gets uh, a real spaghetti face. The yeah. more aggressive he gets. No, but seriously, seriously, <laughs> it might bring down his administration. And after, funny. it would be hilarious. But, but before we get a Luigi Cuomo, I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe Upstate will like, take this one and put some Republican goal in office. Who knows? I don't know. But, like, people have been saying that Cuomo was the good guy and de Blasio was the bad guy this whole time. Yeah, like, no. never. No. You know what? I think you could go through past episodes, and I've been consistent on this point. That was always yeah. bullshit. It's always this fabricated, you know, strongman patriarch. Like, Cuomo is the quintessential American patriarch. Yeah, I mean, except he's not American. He's an invading, swarthy alien. Yeah. Come off his he's a, fucking he's a spaghetti one. boat to <laughs> steal our pure Protestant daughters away. Well, our 90-year-old Protestant daughters. He couldn't get him when he was young. You get him now. Our, our boomer Protestant wine moms. You know what? Andrew, switch places with your brother. <laughs> Do they have a mean mom I don't know about? Is there a mean Cuomo matriarch that is like, ah, what's the matter, you? No, I think the. Well, I mean, the, the Cuomo, we've discussed the Chris Cuomo has the kooky wife. Yes. Um, Who's also named Chris Cuomo. Is Andrew Cuomo, as I think Stav said, he gives off major divorce dad vibes. Yeah, he's like one of the most divorced people I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, he, he's got the nipple rings and everything. Mario Cuomo's wife mm -hmm. was Matilda Cuomo. Nay, Mattia Rafa. Oh, she got a first name change too to be less pasta boat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's still wait. She's, wait, still, wait. she's absolutely still alive. Gross. He talked about that like in ninety. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. During his 
fucking fireside chats where he was like, "I want to see my mother." Yeah, actually, my what mother we're remembering is a John Mulaney joke about that. Is what we're <laughs> actually remembering because John Mulaney did this as a bit, an SNL monologue where he did Cuomo yelling at his brother for uh, bringing their grandkids over. Cuomo used to be married to a Kennedy. Hmm. What? Who? He was married to Carrie Kennedy, the seventh child of Robert hmm. F. Kennedy. So the merger of the great Italian and Irish families for full control of the Northeast Coast. Yeah, that's very dynasty. Yeah. That is like this union of Boston and New York. This is as if Martin Scorsese himself came here and was like, let me unite these Irish and Italian. Well, Games of Thrones, even. <laughs> like Martin Scorsese's gangsters are. I'm speaking to uh, uh, the like a immigrant groups. The, yeah, the I groups guess. that like if you wanted to know about America and you were watching see, movies, you would learn about Italian and Irish well, immigrant groups. One came groups. over on. You'd, you'd learn a lot about. The ideas about him from Scorsese. One came over on spaghetti boats. The other came over on potato boats. One of them uh, showed up at one point in the mid-19th century to do some weird costume West Side Story thing. And then they didn't show up again until the 2000s in Boston. Scorsese has two movies about Irish people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, well, you know what? um... De Niro was Irish in Goodfellas. So there is that. Yeah. And also De Niro was Jewish in Casino. Yeah. I mean, De Niro that's does true. Jewish a lot. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the intersection. It's Italian immigrants primarily, and then the halo uh, orbit of Irish yep. and Jewish, which is a thing. It's a sort of, I think, if you're not from one of those groups you would see American media lump them together in a somewhat broad way. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie. No one wants to see a movie about a landlord who doesn't fix appliances in his apartments. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My brother Taki, he come over. Don't worry. <laughs> Taki's a good Greek name. I like that. I can't even use. I used to use Stavro in a joke until yeah, Stav yeah, became sounds like you're just famous. talking about that guy. And I was <laughs> is the funny part. <laughs> no, the joke was that when I was younger, if any Greek guy showed interest in me, my dad would like be like, "Hey, yeah." Oh, you could have been married to Stav. Uh, and the way I wrote the joke, it was like, even if it was Stavro the Gimp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stav is obviously not a Gimp. Well, I don't know what he does in the privacy of his bedroom. But because in my mind at this time, in my very first stand-up set, Stav is somebody who is younger than me by just a little bit, who was like a funny kid I knew from Greek town. Like, <laughs> it was just... It just seemed uh, like a good name. Yeah, Taki is also a good Greek name. Stavro, Taki, Lampro. Lampro is a good one. Did I hear? Lefteri. Lefteri is a good one. Because it kind of sounds like left titty. 
I just like <laughs> when they have islands that have a patron saint for the entire island. So every male on the island mm-hmm. has the exact same first name. You ought to yeah, go. it should end. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I grew up next to Greeks. I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but I grew up next to off the boat Greeks who owned the diner. No, they own the hot grill. And I learned how to curse. I first started cursing in Greek. Do you remember anything? <laughs> yeah, I miss you, Malaka. Those are the only things I remember. Funny, what's that shit, man? I mean, Malaka is basically uh, okay. jerk off, but it's also like you'd say it affectionately as well. Like, like hey, Malaka. Like, to- yeah, and it was yeah. used that way, but then I was told I wasn't allowed to say right, it. Right, right. And I miss you. Uh, Ramasu. Yeah, it was fuck. fuck you. It was whatever. <laughs> fuck you. And I think it was a shortened version. It was just yeah. I miss I miss you, Malaka. Yeah. They would always say fuck you, jerk yeah. off. Or I thought it was for faggot. Ramo. Well, it's uh, no boosty is faggot. <laughs> I thought Malaka was so that clears up some confusion. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Malaka you could use the same way, I guess. But if you really wanted to actually say a gay slur. You would say boosty. Okay. I want to emphasize that in the 90s, it was definitely said very casually. It was during the 90s. <laughs> it wasn't like the worst thing you could say. It was, it like, was during the 90s and it was over street hockey. Always over street hockey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> street hockey fucking um, beautiful part of my childhood. Yeah, fuck, even I played uh, street hockey as a child, like with neighborhood kids, not formally, thank God. Cause... Well, well, yeah, that was what it was. It was the only other kids on the block were the Greek kids next to us. Yeah, yeah. And they were older and I had to, I don't know, knee them in the face yeah. and they cursed at me. Yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? Absolutely yeah. nothing. We're not getting checks. Nothing's happening. Uh, yeah, near a tannin eating shit. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that um, is pretty cool. Yeah, Comrade Joe Mansion. Yes, he's voting against near tannin. Near tannin. Yep. So that's funny because Bernie lacks the courage to vote against her. So now we get this shit bag doing it for us. So that's cool. Yeah, it fucking blows. Um, uh, I saw one tweet that's like doing fucking uh, West Wing brain saying that maybe Joe Manchin's only doing this because he has assurances that uh, Mitt Romney will take his place. What? No, it's awesome. So that's happening. That's happening. Very cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like jokerified every single day. Well, now you days. have Corella Deville to be uh, Lady Joker that you could be. Oh my God. Right. Because you know what? Let's skin puppies, but like make it yeah. feminist. I mean, definitely once it comes on the Disney Plus, Wait. I'll probably watch it and et cetera. Didn't they already but- do a fucking. Oh, no, there was a live action 101. Yeah, there's a live action where I uh, think Dalmatians the, and Glenn. Right. And I think the dog owner like, was a video game developer in the 90s, I think was the plot of it. I remember this from that. Holy shit. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I believe American so. American video game designer Roger Daly lives with his pet Dalmatian Pongo in London. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I remember from that. And then he meets a lady who's also got a Dalmatian, and they're both irresponsible. 
and have not spayed and neutered yep. their dogs. So, but I guess it works out. Actually, it doesn't work out because their dogs have a fucking 101 puppies. It's too many puppies to take care of. Maybe that's the story of Cruella. She's just trying to mitigate this overpopulation. Too many puppies. puppies. Have too many puppies. Uh, well, you can <laughs> if they're a metaphor for young men being sent to die in wars. Well, yeah, I guess. Hear me out. What if they're all <laughs> white, cis, straight men? From Texas. <laughs> <laughs> From the former Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> what are you joker fied over this week? This, this is our Joker-fied uh, check-in well, time. Uh, our weekly Joker-fied, bunny <laughs> Joker-fied. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll just keep talking about it because if I fester, I'm definitely going to blow something up. Emotionally, LOL. But basically, they're not going to give yeah. us this money. And they keep stolen. They're taking a week off. And then other tragedies are happening. So, of course reliably everything that has been unprecedented and is going wrong will be used as a further reason for delay is how I'm predicting it. I'd love to be wrong. This is how I live every day is please. I'd love to be like, Oh, I'm a stupid fucking bitch. They done did the thing. good. <laughs> like I would love that. I would love to feel so fucking stupid because the Democrats have come through in the clutch, etc. A lot of the criticism that I'm coming across, which uh, I think established a couple of weeks ago, there are people who I have not spoken to in literal years who have come out of the woodwork to criticize me joking about giving Joe Biden a hard time already, quote unquote. And now we're several weeks in and... He's not proving me wrong, and I hate it. I don't want to be right about these things. It's not like all these bitches who are making excuses for the Democrats are going to pay me money for being correct. But yeah, look, I don't even have student loan debt, but uh, he's pretty much like everything that he was like, I'm doing this. He's like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to do this when I think he could. $15 minimum wage, the student $2, loan debt, etc. I think Joe Biden has every intention of delaying this aid and then like gaslighting us into believing that we don't need any more. And I think that sucks. And like, that's the thing that's making me jokerified is I feel crazy because there are people who, as far as I know, are not connected in the inner echelons of the secret government, big state, whatever, who are super defending everything the Democrats, the administration is doing. And it's like these people aren't even like materially benefiting in any way. Whoa. They're just sadly happy that Trump isn't there anymore and either completely checked out now or want to, you know, be like, yay, something about someone's outfits, things like this. And make me the Joker. 
It's like the Cuomo thing, though. I mean, like, Joe Biden's a horse trader. Cuomo's a horse trader. Like, he, he runs it like Marlo brings up every time we talk about this, which is they run it like managers in, like, a, a company of some sort. Mm -hmm. And that they have to weigh uh, how happy a certain segment of the population is versus the needs of a much larger portion of the population. And they end up always privileging the interests of the small segment versus the larger segment, uh, which is why it's, uh, you know, dictatorship of the bourgeoisie yep. would be the dogmatic. But it's literal. You can look at it simply like they bailed out the corporations and they bailed out the landlords but gave no rent relief. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that's frustrating is that it's very clear when people are not excited about voting, period, and about voting for the Democrats next election, it's not going to be a big fucking mystery. Why? And they're going to pretend like, what? what? And... What I dislike is that the liberals I know are pretending like I'm coming at it from this ultra left angle when I'm like, I'm literally talking about the most basic shit. People are suffering. That suffering's not alleviated. Bam. That's a thing that will have consequences. <laughs> like, well, are they? Everyone's well, not going to die as much as they want it they to gonna kill Are they going to run everyone. on we're not the party of QAnon because that's what I thought their strategy was. I hope not because I feel like 80% of the people who were QAnon are like, <laughs> I never heard of QAnon never before in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is what liberals can't accept is that there is no corporeal reality that anyone is actually attached to. The reason why it doesn't work to point out that Republicans are hypocrites is because they don't give a shit. They are not adhering to a thing. There's no agreement. There's no rule that you're getting them in that, oh my God, you've shown they've broken it and now there's some comeuppance. That isn't a thing. This is a delusion that exists only in the mind of Democrats and liberals. And the fact of the matter is most people are not fucking disidentified with the political party. So it really does matter what material help and assistance and suffering people and, are going through. Yeah, and the Republicans like, at the yeah. end of the day have shown themselves to be the only party that is willing to at least say they embrace some sort of albeit sham revolutionary program. Well, that's what I wanted to ask Marlo about, because we discussed this, like, what are the class interests at work here? Because it does seem like the Republicans are offering at least piecemeal to, and I'm putting in quote, the working class. But you had thoughts on that. Well, I mean, I would say they're not. The only thing they're offering is an acknowledgement that everything fucking sucks. Well, also, they're not the working class or. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say a good portion of the supposed Trump base are largely from the petite bourgeois that are attempting to hang on to what they feel is owed to them that feels threatened. And that is they are feeling a, an economic precarity. It isn't simply just they don't like black people on TV or whatever the fuck. These things aren't mutually exclusive, but they are neither like 
it's not a way to judge people morally, whether or not like people being poor doesn't make them good automatically in I, I mean, all whatever. the boxes like, that people you know, want to check. It's also right, the but that's fact how often that, like, I, I don't know, I went to law like, school and I'm doing poor shit right now. Steve has a master's and is not doing things related to it. You know, and it's just like people who have never had... Well, and the irony is that I did something related to my master's and I'm making more as a delivery driver than I ever yeah. did doing that, yeah. which points to... One thing that I will say about the Trump voter is that I think you're right, it's the petite bourgeois, but it's been the proletarianization of the petite bourgeois, which is right. um, losing the status or I mean, losing I would the economics. Say, yeah, that and the, I mean, yeah, you have what was formerly, for lack of a better term, and I'm not even going to say that term. I, I don't say such things. But um, no, you, yeah. you have the traditional intelligentsia and less productive, even though in some analysis they might be sort of workers, but who generally were in a position of at least relative privilege, who have not had, even putting aside how weak unionization is in the U.S., there's no history of unionization for these people. There's no history of fighting for working conditions among people with master's degrees, really. I mean, you can point to certain movements during the 60s of grad students and shit like that, but it's not a strongly built in history. And you even have fucking idiots like Amy Therese suggesting that they're not working class or they're not their their interests lie with the bourgeoisie because of fucking insane reasons. But they're suddenly in a position where they kind of have to do that and they don't have that history of even knowing what that is. Right, 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 right. And that's something that I wanted to point out is that it comes with all the class interests of the petite bourgeois, but suddenly they've lost that and now they find themselves proletarianized by extraction of wealth by financial capital. You know, and that's the class conflict is right. financial global capitalism versus I mean, the I was kind just, of localized. Yeah, my, my only quick technical thing is for me, petite bourgeois tend to use to mean small business owners, but that's not universal. That is just the thing with me when I'm using it. And I mean, I would say small business owners have certain class interests that are more aligned with bourgeois generally versus, you know, people with advanced educations who are still working for a wage or salary because there's effectively no difference at this point. You know, but a lot of Trump's base are small business owners who, frankly, are pretty well off. A lot of them are proletariat who are alienated from any sort of class conscious by decades of assault by the U.S. government on class consciousness. However, the material conditions are such that they are very alienated from the continued stability of the current order, and they are looking for a revolutionary message. And Trump is selling a bullshit but revolutionary message insofar as he 
is saying, yes, everything sucks. I, I know why it sucks, and I'm going to change the things that suck about it. The Democrats are saying the exact opposite. The Democrats are consistently saying everything's fine and shut up. Yeah, they're saying everything's fine, shut up, and aren't these people, like, so bad? Like, aren't you, like, looking at how bad they are and, like, how crazy these... That's why they're going to be fixated on QAnon way past the point of it being, like, a viable yeah. thing to argue against. Oh, yeah. Because their whole thing is being like, like people in 2015 who made fun of Nickelback. What are you trying to prove, dude? Yeah. Well, I I think you're right, money. When when they could just get, they could just fucking get people their fucking money. They could get, and they could be the party that got people money. Like it's not. But that would go in conflict with their class interest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, Biden. Officially well, yeah, backed off uh, the deportation moratorium. So, you know, again, I, I'm right about everything. And you're. You know. <laughs> That's right. He's keeping kids in cages. That made me jokerified too. The mm-hmm. pivot on the language that, like, so many people six months ago were saying, rah, rah, blah, 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 are like, uh, it's not kids in cages. It's temporarily relocation shelters for, you know, whatever, whatever it fucking is. And you know what? Not going to close Guantanamo Bay, guys. <laughs> right. It's just anything giving you any uh, uh, hope. Uh, I'm, I'm always hope a, for what? I don't know. Positivity. And uh or just like a happy uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always feeling. Good. I feel like this is the third episode of Bunny Jokerfied. I and Marlo continuing in. to yeah. be vibing. I, <laughs> I don't know. You should try I, listening to Jimmy Buffett. Just vibe. Yeah. Yo, yo, you be giving me Buffett. That <laughs> uh, just sounds gross. But no, Jimmy no. Jimmy. Hamburgers, Paradise. It's like. Yeah, whatever. I've Cheeseburgers in paradise. But he's always blaming yeah. women, and I don't like um, that. Yeah. And that would be the sum of the two songs <laughs> yeah, I know that you Well, he's in the, you know, I hate my wife category of the 70s yeah, music. Yeah, which unlike... Unlike, however, the uh, Southern Rocker vibe, which is... Uh, oh, can't you see? Yeah, what, what that, that woman? Which is, I love my. I was gonna yoga. say more. Yeah, the two things that ruined my life are bourbon and women, and it's so weird that I keep drinking a shitload of bourbon and having unsuccessful marriages. <laughs> Someone should look into that. <laughs> I feel like there's also a spate of artists that have more of the first problem and then wonder why they don't have the second problem. Oh, and also Ramblin' Man rules as a song. It's just that was like, Jimmy no, that's Almond Brothers, oh, dude. Almond Brothers, no, we're yeah. Talk, we pivoted to Southern Rock, so it's appropriate. Yeah, because it, it, it's really berating the woman for not realizing that, of course, he uh, is unreliable and going to leave her. Well, I think Whip and Post is probably the most I hate my wife song I've ever heard in my life. And yeah, I feel like that was about society. <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't know. I never got that. That was to do with a woman who tied him to the whipping post. I feel like society. Tied society him to the did post. it. 
<laughs> have you read the lyrics? It's absolutely not. Soci- not. It's not society. It's but I like assuming the best of this. artists. I like. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe his wife is society. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he doesn't live. Ra- in a Rambling Man is basically. A Bob Dylan song without the poetry to hide the fact that the guy's just a piece of shit. Nice. There's a lot of songs that are pretty, but about just some guy who's a piece of shit. Which is the theme of today's episode. Just guys being pieces of shit. Ted Cruz, Andrew Cuomolador. Andrew Cuomo. Kanye West. Andrew Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. Kanye West. Mario Cuomo. (laughs) We need a Luigi Cuomo. Before the cycle is complete, we need a Luigi Cuomo. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm excited. Pisces season has started. That means we got some birthdays. Oh, that up. that reminds me. Um, uh, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. I don't bunny. know what to ask my family friends for my birthday. I, I'm at a birthday block. I have, I I have everything I ever wanted. Oh, Ariel's birthday Aww. is tomorrow. Uh, Yep, happy birthday, Ariel. Oh, shit. And we're going to Philly. Cool. Yep. Have fun. We're going to eat. Are you going to eat some cheese dice? <laughs> Is that how they say it? Did we just make up this accent? This <laughs> no. not a Philadelphia accent at all. I did. It was like a, it was like a <laughs> southern British accent. I don't know what that was. Um... But okay, but uh, no, Philadelphia accent is more like you know we're gonna go down there and we're gonna get some yeah. Just, they just generally <laughs> say cheese sticks. That uh, word um, doesn't change that much. Cheese sticks. Um, yeah, we're gonna go to Gino's. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna go to Gino's. <laughs> we're gonna go to Gino's. Go to Gino's. None of them hours. go to Gino's or Pat's because those places are ass. <laughs> well, if you're gonna go to one of them, go to Pat's. Um, uh, Gino's. Okay, but. but there's a litany of other places that everyone is like. I mean, I know my cousin likes go Gino's. So. Um, I think we're going just for the experience of going. I like Pat's because there, there's a whole thing about Yeah, they, I've they heard that. that he well, like, Gino's, they can be rude to you if you're a person of color. It's like a special thing they do. Whereas at Pat's, there are people of color. So it's like it. that stupid hot dog place in Chicago. I have no desire. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of. Yeah. It's like the soup Nazi, but for cheesesteaks. Yeah, it's Where's all about wit? cheese with wit? wit. Yeah, no. Um, what else was uh, there? But, so Marlo's birthday is coming up in two weeks. Which is the same day as Bonnie's birthday. We go yeah, through this. Marlo the and same I, day as, yeah, we have okay. the same birthday. And then my birthday is one <laughs> month later than that and falls on Easter. Hmm. Protestant. Uh, fake Easter. <laughs> fake Easter. Um, and... <laughs> Fake Easter. Yeah, we got a really cool month apart Easter uh, this year, which is my favorite. So all the Catholics started there or in the Protestants. They started their Lent. So they got their smudgies. They're they're fasting. They're giving up their things. But I got till March 15th to eat all the meat and cheese I want. Um. (laughs) But uh, I'm also 33, so I'm Jesus's age. Jesus year. Uh, and it falls uh, on yeah. the correct Easter. What I'm calling the correct Easter. Yeah, but like also that wasn't Jesus's birthday, dude. I know, but I'm being oh, reborn. Oh, yeah. oh, well, I'm being reborn yeah, fair enough. at 33 years old. 
it'll be so funny that you're you're gonna be like, oh my god, this is so great, and then nothing's gonna happen, and then a month <laughs> later on Greek Easter, you're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have this amazing experience. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm You're gonna. Uh, well, I'm gonna die, to and then I'm gonna. Dimension. They're gonna be like, "Where'd he go? Where'd he go?" Three days later, yo, I was just chilling in Cancun with Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> You'll both have cornrows. I, I remember after every spring break, people would just come home with just an inordinate amount of skin cancer and cornrows. We called them the orange people. They were mostly the upper middle class Italians that lived in New Jersey who would go down and uh, get cornrows. Yeah and, yeah, and getting tan is really important. In fact, G- so. GTL. That's right. Gym tanning laundry, which I did appreciate as a thing to think about because I never thought about combining my fitness my like beauty prep and my laundry as like a one entity until until I saw that show. No, I, I fucks with it. I, I, everything but the tanning. I would throw in the laundry. Never sat in a tanning booth. You've never you've never put in those little goggles. They're very tiny goggles, or they're stickers, I believe. You put over your eyes. Yeah, I don't know. Tanning just seems like well, it's fucking super, super cool. cool. Um, if, if you're a, if you're it's a lifeguard, not good for you. It's and that's the only time I feel like I've really tanned was sitting under yeah. an umbrella for three months and slow roasting. That's the way to do My it. My hair turns blonde and I'm just lightly cooked. And I think that's the best way to do it. Whereas, you know, just, I don't know, putting yourself in a microwave for a while doesn't really have the same, uh, appeal to me but i've definitely done the gym and the laundry put the laundry in for 20 minutes you go on the bike you take the laundry out put it in the dryer then you you do exercising then you get it out and you leave where i'm at the uh, i'm at the myrtle white stop (laughs) at the at the planet fitness across from the laundry place and I have to go and run through like 20 degree weather to get to the laundry place. I'm in my shorts. Fair. Uh, those were the days. Those were the days. Uh, guys. Anyway. Yeah. I'm good. You guys good? We're so good. See See I've got 10,000 troubles, a million 